Yo, Dose. You are now tuned into the Milk and Honey Podcast. All the money in the world couldn't even amount to a teaspoon of honey when it melt your mouth. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Milk and Honey Podcast. Woo! Woo! That actually sounds good. <laughs> you know, sometimes when we have guests, like when they do the they not really into they're not into it. it. They but you, you can tell it's like if you were on a roller coaster, you would want to be next to Pete. You know what I'm saying? Like, first row. Hey! <laughs> but we are so excited for episode five today. We have a very special guest with us. Please welcome Push It P. We Push It P. Hey, you know Precious Price. Is it really? <laughs> it is my Cause Okay, great. I'm just <laughs> Okay, so P, tell the people who you are, where you're from. I heard the Midwest is in the building. Yes. So I am originally from Chicago. My name is Precious Price. Um, that's why we say Push It P. I know. <laughs> the middle P. name is P, too. Really? It oh, is. Dang. Dang. No, I didn't know um, that. marketing consultant still um so i have been i would say primarily right now i play within the real estate space mm-hmm. so airbnb short-term rentals i've um, been doing that for like three years um recently went full-time i wouldn't necessarily say with that yeah. yes 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 we're gonna talk about it so went full-time entrepreneurship uh june june of 2021 um, and then from that point, it's just been me and my businesses. Like, I definitely do the short-term rentals, and that's primarily where, like, I am running operations and all of that. I have people who help me in terms of property manager, cleaner, mm-hmm. et cetera. But then in addition to that, I do also, like, teach people about, number one, how to get into short-term rentals, mm-hmm. but also, number two, branding. So mm-hmm. I have a background in marketing and branding. Mm-hmm. Went to Indiana University, Kelly School of Business. Yes. Um, and, yes, I got my degree in marketing. So mm-hmm. I absolutely love marketing. I love that's Branding, love personal branding. It is just like you said. It is what I know. Like it's what I do. Um, I literally live and breathe this. So prior to even going full time with short term rentals, Mm -hmm. I was doing and working as more of like a brand strategist in my own company via the brand table. So helping other people realize like how can I make money from just who I am? Yeah, doing what I do already because Mm. all of us have a monetizable skill. Yes, very true. All know something. So Mm -hmm. it's like get out here and don't just depend on the job that you have to bring that check in mm-hmm. we can all be making money hard, bro. because we're, still, we're spending so much time on social media as mm-hmm. it is and it's like if you're gonna spend so much time there you might as well be making money from very it. true period. period so that um for the most part is like i would say my primary background branding and then of course real estate and then i also built a tiny house Yay! so the tiny house is we so, have our first tiny home tiny community is, is that our first tiny home community here in the here in atlanta that's coming up it's huge though throughout mm-hmm. the United States right, yeah. and beyond. Exactly. Super cool. So I love the tiny house community. Mm-hmm. Um, I designed, built, and then started renting my tiny house, and that's in the backyard of one of my investment properties. So, so mm-hmm. I got a whole docu series on that called Going Tiny, and it's really, yes. really dope. It's dope. Um, wow. mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yes. And right now, I'm actually stepping back with into that realm of like the tiny house space and all of that. So mm-hmm. I'm building a 
company right now. Um, y'all hear the details, but building a company right now that's pretty much going to be a better way to connect people who are within the tiny house movement mm-hmm. already have a structure, and then those people who have this extra land, mm-hmm. um, how can we connect them in a better way? Super dope! We love meeting preparation with opportunity. That's when all the magic happens. So as you all know, this season is all about how can we share with our honeys and our homies way to flip a dollar, ways that they can better themselves, and everything about minding our black business, right? Like, what is that about? Yes. So today we are going to be talking about branding, and we're super excited because we spend so much time on social media. Yeah. I got my notification the other day, and I was like, they said like eight hours I spent a day. Also, I said, what am I doing? What are you doing? I'm on TikTok. <laughs> Y'all know I'm on TikTok. I'm trying to do that. So what are you doing? I'm on TikTok while I'm at work. <laughs> But literally, it's crazy because you can learn so much from Instagram, the TikTok, the Twitter. You learn so much. So before we get into everything about push and pee, we push and pee, we got to talk about the buzz on the street. So it's Malcolm likes to say, because I've been missing Malcolm, you guys. Where's Malcolm? He's in New York. He's in New York. He's not even in New York during the right time. He's not. And he says that all the time. He's just like, oh my God, I love it, but it's different, you know, because he, Malcolm... Malcolm Ogle, you know, like that's how I feel like he sounds in my head, like Malcolm Ogle. He is, of course, still into the whole tune of everything with music. So he's out there, but he called me for the Spellhouse drop for Ralph Lauren. He was waiting in line and thought of me. He didn't get me nothing, though. So if y'all see him on Instagram, please cut him up for that because he ain't get me shit. Um, I didn't get anything. It was cute. I was so upset. So um, my friend Jania got some. So, I mean, if she doesn't look too hard, I may take it out of her closet. Just borrow it for a day. With those prices, it's gonna be on her head. Was it pricey? I, I oh, imagine. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was up there. It was up there, but it's about the same price like outside They're, of the outlets. Though. Mm-hmm. Okay, like, at yeah, the actual yeah. Store. But it was beautiful. Like yeah, I, I love the jacket. Beautiful. It was I love the oh, pictures. Beautiful. Like it was like you had some browns and Spelman. I hope Spelman at least. It. I'm pretty positive Spelman at least will have it. Like you know, Features I don't even know where they would put it on campus. Upstairs, what's called? Upstairs, Upper Manly. Yes, Upper Manly. Yeah, that's perfect. I'm going to give a suggestion. Let me email the president. I'll give a suggestion. (laughs) You can use it for Founders Day. Y'all, Founders Day is on Monday. Please wish a Spellman woman. By the time this comes out, it'll pass. Wish a Spellman woman. Give a Spellman woman something. Yes. 1881. Send them $18. You know, like lunch. Okay. So the first buzz on the street that we're going to be talking about is the housing market craze. I know we talk a lot about real estate or homes or this, that, and the third, but we live here in Atlanta. Like... Home, the housing market is so crazy right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when last week we were talking to Justin and Austin, yeah. I mentioned something and I wanted to share it too with you, P. Like I've been researching a lot about the Atlanta market and they're saying mortgage rates are going to go up, which mm-hmm. now is going to create kind of like a wealth gap to be, where basically people, specifically millennials, are going to be pushed more into renting rather than owning mm-hmm. because now the homes are going to be so high and interest rates are going to be so high they can't even qualify for something that they have enough down and capital on to purchase. Yeah. Is that crazy? I think that's true, though, because I actually saw a report as well mm-hmm. saying that in Atlanta you can't get a home now average less than 300000 yeah. yeah. The Which average price is crazy. It is, because, yeah. like, so I bought my home. People, what do people yeah. do during... Well, like during this time, Big like, no, <laughs> I, I will say no. It's interesting well, you mentioned that though, because if mm-hmm. you don't, if you don't want to rent anymore, that is why this tiny home movement has becoming has been becoming so popular. Mm-hmm. Because people are like, okay, I want to downsize. Like I don't have the money for this 
quarter acre mm-hmm. lot, single family home, they're getting mm-hmm. more creative in terms of these unconventional home structures. Mm-hmm. So people are building tiny homes on wheels, micro houses, mm-hmm. accessory dwelling units where you might move back in with your parents, but they build a house in the back and that's where you stand. Amazing. So that is really it. I would have killed for that as a teenager. Oh my God. God. And it Amazing. saves a lot of money. But again, mm-hmm. it's like that's kind of how at least in terms of my research, mm-hmm. how people are starting to recalibrate the housing market. That's why so much like the big boom mm-hmm. in terms of these micro home communities and people starting to really change how zoning mm-hmm. looks in places like Atlanta. Because when you look at it, the term for it is really like exclusionary versus inclusionary mm-hmm. housing. So single family homes, because it's like I got to pay three hundred thousand dollars and that's exclusive. Lot, it's exclusive, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's excluding other people. It's not really like. We talk about community all the time in neighborhoods, but it's not really keeping the commune mm-hmm. in community because it's like, I'm going to roll up to my right. single family house, yeah, roll into right. the driveway. I don't need to see my neighbor. I don't mm-hmm. want to see Betty. Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to go into my house. Betty Crocker. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That one. And then With the sugar. Mm-hmm. And the other piece as well is like this whole like, it's crazy. Like this whole, there's a term for it called not in my backyard where these mm-hmm. people who are like, okay, well, you want to build a house? Well, uh-uh, that's not about to be in my backyard. Or, oh, we're about to start. It actually goes way back to, like, racial pieces in mm-hmm. regards to when black people were integrating these white communities. It's really crazy and something else. Yeah. No, we really will. I think the biggest thing, too, because container homes are now popping up as well. Like, mm-hmm. container homes are really big. I know they have a show on HGTV about that. Mm-hmm. But even with summer, because summer is such a hot time where people want to buy yep. homes, right? They're, like, sick and tired of... Hearing, you know, people get crunk at 3 a.m. in the apartment complex. It's getting a bit too much now. It's July. Do we still have to do a kickback every Saturday? It's getting a bit much. So summertime (laughs) creates that, you know, presence in the air for the big kind of housing shopping term. Think of summertime, specifically here in Atlanta last year, think of summertime to double Black Friday in a way, Mm -hmm. right? In terms of the amount of volume of people looking for very small inventory of things. Mm -hmm. So when we think about it, do we think we're in like a home buying like kind of nightmare in Atlanta? Like, do we see that? Especially because so many of our friends who are millennials, they're getting the houses. Right. They're trying to, you know, start, they're start trying to, to search for houses. They're starting their process yeah. right now. Yeah. I, I do, I do feel like we're in kind of like a craze. I don't know if I would call it a nightmare because uh-huh. depending on which side you look at it, like as a seller, it might be a really good time. Right. But if you're looking to buy again, because millennials right now we're at their age, mid twenties, like right. it's about time mm-hmm. to do that. But there is no inventory, and it's not even just here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Like Atlanta specifically, there's less than a month of inventory on the market. That Insane. is why these prices are so crazy. Yeah. There's nothing for you to look at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. I'm flipping through Zillow. I want to stay in the city. People buying oh my my Zillow. Okay, yes. Let's flipping talk about that. Zillow, Did y'all stay in the city and I see maybe one, two houses two. pop up in one area. Then I got to go over to like yes. across the highway and there's yeah. like one house pops yeah. up. But you go out to further places that you don't want to be in mm-hmm. and it pops up a mm-hmm. bunch of homes. Yeah. It's a place you don't want to be that's a statistic I just recently saw as well. Mm-hmm. It's like for the first time, I think like in history, DeKalb County and Fulton County, the population yes. is decreased. Yeah. yeah. All right. So the next thing I wanted us to talk a little bit more about, y'all know that we're still, would you say we're still in a pandemic? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Because I saw something the other day and somebody was like post pandemic. I was like, mm, mm, I don't know about that. Yeah. I haven't heard about it. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I haven't heard about that either, but I have heard about a new variant. Anyways, so with that being said, we all recall in 2020 how everything happened in the Black Lives Movement and Black Lives Matter movement. It really kind of not only took off, but it started to form itself 
with being something that was just so spotlighted within the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So it was apparently reported that the founder... Y'all, why y'all already laughing? Because you look excited to report this news. So the founder decided... No, because this is crazy. I could never think of something like this. The founder decided to go ahead with funds that were collected, get a $6 million mansion. Yeah. In California. In California. Y'all know we're not protesting no more in California. Well, I mean, I California is different. Does a $6 million look like a $6 million home? Shoot, even a $2 million home look beautiful. Mm-hmm. So it's pricey. <laughs> It is pricey. It's pricey. Yeah, it's pricey. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what we doing now it's with Black shame. Lives Matter funds. That's a shame. How are we gonna that's do that? That's exactly why I don't donate even to places that I don't know where my money's going. I mean, but I don't like knowing where my money is not going. So they say round that dollar up. No, thank you. Yeah. You really <laughs> click it like that? Is that the sound you make? I say to myself, we gonna click this all. So apparently, mm-hmm. this space that they purchased is supposed to be for the community yeah mm-hmm. apparently we didn't we didn't get an invite but mm-hmm. apparently is this where the cookouts are gonna you know when everybody talks about are you invited to the cookout or not is this where the cookouts are gonna take place because if so this is a beautiful environment i think we should all get an invite for next summer i'm really <laughs> juneteenth let's go but it apparently it's supposed to be this space to curate more ideas and you know really build the movement um into more than what it is um, so I think a lot of people, at least when I initially read it, I'm like, damn, like, cause they framed Chill it. Bar. They, Chill they, they, they framed it as if she had purchased the house for herself. And the woman that they were specifically referencing mm-hmm. isn't even in connection. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. But it, d- does anybody have to stay there though? Is this just mm-hmm. a house that is like we're using it for I don't know, events. facility, events, whatever, or is anybody actually staying there? And based on what I read, she said nobody was staying there. So I like to give black women the benefit of the doubt. That's so nice. That's so nice. She is a black woman, but it's just like, uh-huh. dang, dang, because you can't believe everything you, you, can't. you see in the, like, the head. What's it called? The, head? the headlines. The headlines. Well, the thing about it that I find very so interesting, like I didn't want us to necessarily talk about the matter of factness of kind of how it's going to be used because look there's a lot of gray areas amongst everything so mm-hmm. i know in order for them to even purchase that home there had to be something that was put on paper that right. correlates with what they're going to do right. yeah what i want us to talk further about is how the social media took that and, and ran with it and dragged that ish any out chance to drag a black woman that's a fact any chance did y'all see will smith they said that he's like banned from like the academy it's For like 10, 10 years. years 10 how are you gonna ban it just shows every time when black people don't follow in the footsteps you want them to mm-hmm. there's there's huge consequences mm-hmm. for us. yeah and they and they always put it on us it's not a yeah. threat they actually do it to show mm-hmm. us that they they are superior yeah. over us. And that's so the, that it's it's really sick. It it is sick. Yeah. Exactly. Because it's like you don't have and I once read there was something that I read where it's just like we don't necessarily have the room to mm-hmm. make mistakes. Yeah. To Correct. Make yeah. That's exactly. Because exactly. then my next follow up question, especially when we think about our brand, a lot of these people like Will Smith, the brand of Will Smith is his name. Yeah. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So like do we ever feel like his brand can come back from what happened? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's Will Smith. It's Will Smith. <laughs> 
I personally feel as though this is a great. This is a great opportunity. Even thinking about like Doja Cat, y'all remember when all that stuff came out about Doja Cat or whatever? Completely gone, completely erased. It's gone. But the thing is, I think it's a great opportunity. A lot of times, when those things do come up, like if I was someone's PR, I'd be like, "This is a great opportunity for us to pivot Mm -hmm. in a direction Mm -hmm. that puts you more in like a vulnerable. Mm -hmm. It kind of rebrands you in a way, Mm -hmm. but now it opens up doors that you possibly never thought about. But now you can because you're on this kind of new wave of this is my brand moving forward I'm more vulnerable I'm more open because I went through something now I can do more projects I've always wanted to do I feel like you know with the Will situation and everything you make yourself such a brand and only accessible through social media you're Mm -hmm. no longer seen as an actual real person Mm -hmm. anymore like I'm thinking about Beyonce does she do regular things like mill about in her kitchen take the trash out does she do things like that like she even wipe her own ass does she cook does she cook for Jay and Blue exactly exactly like how involved is she as a mother like it, Mm. it just takes away that humanity when you just build you focus on building yourself as a brand and not right. as a human. So when you make mistakes like this, mm-hmm. as any human would, we villainize you for it because mm. we don't see you as that. So yeah. is that a and doubt that is, aside? Like, no, that? because I feel like it's a question on us as an mm-hmm. audience and the onlookers. Uh-huh. Like, why is it that we feel we need so much access in mm-hmm. order to look at someone as humane? Yeah. In order mm-hmm. to look yeah. like, just because... For instance, with Beyonce, she keeps it very private. Like, we yeah, know that she's married. Yeah, we know yeah. she got kids. Right. But uh-huh. do you see them? Do you see her flaunting it there? Mm-hmm. No. And it's not a matter of like, oh, well, why doesn't she? And what is she hiding? Right. No, right. it's like you're just living and enjoying life rather than looking at it through some screen. Right. And I think that's the question that we have to look at ourselves is, again, how are we mm-hmm. really using social media? Are we mm-hmm. using it as a way to compare and say, like, okay, this is somebody's life? Or are we really realizing that social media is just a highlight reel? Yeah. It that's is. It. Yeah. yeah it it's is. a highlight right. and but, i'm not gonna tell you all the bad right. <laughs> no we can't we can't do that because not people aren't gonna be as interested right mm-hmm. and I in a way social media buys you clout. <laughs> i think people be like but i think it's like really none of your business but you mm. like that people would be because like oh be- i go through the same thing as well. like the relatability of it yeah mm. someone that has tons of followers making money i'm glad you're going through the same thing as me yeah because people because as as much as we don't want to admit it People use social media to compare. It's yes, like I'm comparing my sure. life to yours. I'm comparing your life to this person. And it's like when you don't show them, now they have nothing to pull on. So yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. is her life better than mine? Mm-hmm. I don't, and now you're making up yeah. things. And that's why we hear so many rumors about Beyonce, for instance, because you don't yeah. know what to say. So yeah. I'm just going to pull something out my ass. Mm-hmm. But then it's like the crazy part about your brand or like when something happens is like you'll go in through a process of rebuilding kind of like that you know, that Mm -hmm. respect and that brand. But then when you think about somebody like Beyonce, because there's so much that she's put out where her brand is just like stamps, it's like there's a certain level of respect also that comes with your brand. And I think that's an incredible thing to think about. With exclusivity comes that stamp of like, Mm. you know. It's like caviar. Have I ever had caviar? No. The less accessible. But it looks nice. when I eat it right. whole time it could not be expensive but we have perceived it as that that's so crazy okay so the last thing we're going to talk about before we get into today's topics was uh, we have judge no what do we ni- nicely nicely like to call her now 
Judge Jackson. Was it? Oh, oh, Judge Jackson. Judge Jackson. Superior Court. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Judge, Justice. Superior Court. Justice. Jackson. Thank you. Address the problem. Thank you. So the thing is, is that not only was this an incredible win for black women yeah, to have right. our first in the yes. office, but it was an incredible win to have it as well to announced by VP Kamala. Uh, I thought that yeah, was amazing. Yeah. And then sure. I think... Um, I saw that was it it was um what is his name? He's also Senator uh, uh, right, yeah, I think I know he's it was Senator for um for Atlanta really though. The Morehouse oh. grad. The Warnick. Oh. Warnick. Oh yeah. There's a rep so Warnick. I also yeah. thank you. I saw that it was incredible that um I think it was Kamala that charged him to write a letter to his daughter about oh, the historic day. Nice. I think it's incredible when you do like even Cory Booker, like just seeing he's like, I see my aunt. It's hard yeah. for me when I look at you not to see my aunt, my mother, my sister. Mm -hmm. It's an incredible thing, not only what representation creates, but as well too, just how powerful that can be mm -hmm. for when we think about like our children and next up, like that's an incredible thing to see people that look like you in positions like that. Because it makes it possible. I'm a firm believer you can't be what you can't see. Mm. You got to see it first. You That's gotta true. You got to see it. You got to make it yeah. real. Mm -hmm. See that it's possible. Right. So, yeah. so I think as well, too, when looking at this entire experience and how you, you all saw, like, how they did comparisons amongst, like, mm -hmm. the different people who are currently on um and then we have the judge jackson i thought it was incredible to see that she checked all the boxes but as all, black yeah, women we still need to be considerate we still need nice. to be kind in how we say nice. things and it makes me then wonder about us as people in society and kind of like our brand of black women it's like we could just take on so much we could just have so much hurt we could just do so much and it's like okay well that's kind of expected of you i need to do more to be mm -hmm. as equal right. and that's yeah, a crazy right. thing to think about there's always some other level that you have to jump to even when well, you I jumped all the levels you have all these degrees right. you have all of the credentials you have all of the experience but there's still going to be some yeah. other hurdle that you have to jump through as i'm a minority like mm -hmm. just black woman black mm -hmm. men there's mm -hmm. always another hurdle that is being mm -hmm. right. for sure feels like jumanji but i guess i'm using it. <laughs> it's like next <laughs> level thank you exactly next level thank you. you you thought you got a coin and yes. that was it like, <laughs> it's like this it. coin's only gonna take you so far okay so the first section is called push and pee i just feel like we should just say that the whole time i feel like we need to play it i was hoping push and pee push and pee hey we gonna talk to clip maybe you can put a little hey <laughs> that was funny i feel like you know we're in the ring or something um okay so we want to talk a little bit more about you know the instances where opportunity meets work ethic mm -hmm. now last week i just want us to continue on with what we've learned which is that work ethic and passion really does create an environment for you to do well things right mm -hmm. so not only things that you want to do but be good at them be profitable at them and help to make other people profitable at them. A lot of people don't understand how big of a skill it is to teach somebody else what it is that you know. Absolutely. Huge. It's a huge skill. Because you have to be teachable yourself to know mm -hmm. that I need to learn the best of my ability because you have to be a subject matter expert in a way. Mm -hmm. And then now you have to transfer your knowledge in a way that is comprehensible to somebody who doesn't know. Exactly. It's almost like you become even better once you start teaching what you mm -hmm. already know too. That's why I always have so much respect for teachers. Because it's just like, I would never want, like, I don't even know how to do fractions anymore, to be completely Not honest fractions. with you. So when we think about it, it just in general, in my state, like, 
teaching just allows you a different way of communicating. Mm -hmm. And I think that's such a great thing. Mm -hmm. So I want us to first, because you did talk about it a little bit, how um, the Airbnb business, Mm -hmm. very big right now. And this will be our only kind of thing on here before we move fully into branding. But can you share a little bit more about how you got into the business, like Mm -hmm. opportunities for success? But what is, what is it that you learned about the business that worked well for you? Like it clicked for you and you were mm-hmm. like, bet, I'm going to run with this. Mm-hmm. And now it's created so many more doors for you to think about other ways. Okay. I feel like through kind of telling how I got started, I feel like it will answer all mm-hmm. those questions. Mm-hmm. So I got started with an Airbnb way back in February 2019, I believe, mm-hmm. is when the Super Bowl came to Atlanta. So prior to then, I had like I was a little spotty on Airbnb. I had maybe rented a space here, rented it there. But Super Bowl is really when I was like, all right, I need to dive into this. And that is because obviously we know Super Bowl came here to Atlanta, but so many people, and I had just moved to Atlanta in July of 2018. Wow, so you are already rolling. Exactly, exactly. I was new, so a lot of my friends who are already here, they were like, yeah, I think I'm going to put my house on Airbnb. They're like, yeah, I'm going to put my apartment on there, too. It's like a lot of people are coming. The prices yeah, are crazy. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I want in on that money, too. That's And people who know me know. It's That's like how she talk about it, too. No, literally, <laughs> P, look at the camera and do that because <laughs> I want in on that money, too. That's literally I how she says it. Every time. I want in. I want, I, every time I want she's in. Like the, she does like the Tasha eye. You know how Tasha does a little... Oh, yeah. Arched eye, she does the, yeah. the Tasha eye. That's what I call it. Because, because again, people mm-hmm. know it's like I, I like to say, like money, marketing, and mindset are my thing. That's my jam. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mindset so, is important. No <laughs> I love it. We'll put it at the bottom for you all to collect. Good. <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna dot them out. Mm-hmm. So I got started February 2019. Super Bowl came. I'm like, cool. I want in on that bread. So what I did was I then started setting up my apartment, and we wasn't, wasn't much to set up. It was mm-hmm. a small apartment, less What's than 700 now? square feet. It was right between like Midtown and Buckhead, so mm, that Lindbergh area. area. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah, so that's it, a really lucrative area. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Right off of the interstate, it was gorgeous. That was my very first, I like to say, big girl apartment. Um, so mm-hmm. I loved that apartment. It was amazing. Um, but it also made me a lot of good money. Yeah. So when I put it up on Airbnb for the Super Bowl. I just did it for like I think like a week or a weekend, but after I had saw like it got booked literally immediately. Again, yeah. it's the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Right. Got booked immediately. I'm like, whoa. Whoa, whoa. And at that point, from that weekend, I was able to make nearly, if not more, if not more than my rent. Mm. So I'm like, okay, cool. This is this is something I need to be a part of. You so, living here, though, and you being here, where, did, where were ex- you staying? That's my mm-hmm. next point. Okay. So, exactly. That's my gotcha, girl. So, from that point, um, when I actually rented my space out, I was not there. I was couch surfing. Mm-hmm. So, I went to friends, couch surfing, packed the bag every weekend. Spend the night bag. <laughs> Girl making money while she sleep on that. Yes, no, that is hilarious. So Mm -hmm. pack pack that spin in the night bag, and at that point, for the next couple of weeks, I had started renting it out because from the Super Bowl, I'm like, okay, cool, like we making rent. I have to pay literally. Like you get money hungry, you like, okay, cool, like I'm about to keep renting it out. So huge shout out to my friends who I was couch surfing with because they know like. Hey, I'm here again, and you let me stay for free. I'll bring you a bottle of wine. Oh, but my I'm making God. my money over at my apartment. Right, right. And I was making that money and pretty much stacking because I still, at that time, was working um, full-time as a consultant. Mm-hmm. You remember? Mm-hmm. So I was still working That's full-time. That's how we met. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point, I'm like, okay, cool. I was not on a travel project at the time, mm-hmm. but then I ended up getting onto a travel project probably mm-hmm. like a few months later. Mm-hmm. But let's move it back to like February, March. Yeah. So it's still February, March. It's right after Super Bowl. I had continued to rent my space. 
I then get a email from the leasing office. Mm. Just about to ask you, Shorty, because Girl. I just know these places aren't allowed. Exactly. They, what they say? <laughs> and when I did it, I knew I wasn't supposed to do it, but I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, Everybody like everybody's does. doing yeah. it. Everyone does it. Everyone like, mm-hmm. and this is before like this was. Before, I really feel like this was before the wave of everybody coming into Airbnb. Yeah. Everybody's trying mm-hmm. to do it with their own apartment. So exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, so it was be- before that. So before that, I'm like, okay, cool. Like they won't. No, they won't right. find out. Like who cares? Mm-hmm. They care. <laughs> they care. So at that point, they sent me an email, and the email was just a warning, yeah, like a warning. because for the most part, you got to understand the Super Bowl. So I wasn't the only person doing it, and they weren't about to kick all of us right. out. Mm-hmm. So at that point, they're like, "Hey, we saw your list, and just want to let you know you're not supposed to be doing that. You need to take it down." Not a slap on the wrist. It was a slap on, but they I was right there. They right did not charge me or anything, and after. Exactly. Okay. After that, I really started seeing more stories of people getting those charges, getting evictions, getting kicked out. And I'm like, wow, I'm grateful that all I got was a warning. Yeah, and all I needed was a warning. Uh-huh. I wasn't going, I wasn't, I'm not somebody that's like, okay, I'm going to still keep doing it and try and get, mm-hmm. no, they right. told me once. You stopped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's it. Mm-hmm. I stopped. And at that point, that is when I decided I need my own house. I need my own house so I can do what I want and I can rent it how yep. I want. And then on top of that, if this little space right here, less than 700 square feet, is making me. This one? I can only imagine, imagine a house. how a house is. Yeah. So at that point, that's when I started researching how can I get started buying my first property. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I was researching, research, research, research. I will not say that enough times. Research the areas, research mm-hmm. how you are wanting to get started because this is my first time buying a home. And this mm-hmm. is 2019. 2019. So I'm looking mm-hmm. at like first time home buyer programs and all of that. Which I was very sad because it's like a lot of it you don't even realize. So many people talk about these first time home buyers. You don't programs. qualify. You a don't lot of qualify. Don't. Those who can, so those, so those who probably yeah. can't afford the medium rate right now going for homes. So that three hundred plus, even to qualify for a home three hundred plus, you need to be making at least like sixties, mm-hmm. seventies mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. People like that do not qualify. Person. Normally, do not qualify for first time home buyer programs. Mm-hmm. Can you make it sixty, seventy, and up? No, because first time home buyer programs, a majority of them unless it's like you know there are particular programs geared towards working professionals like teacher programs um medical profession programs Mm -hmm. you know lawyer lawyer programs which they give you a particular type of loan program because they know a guaranteed based on your skill set you can pay it back and so they give you a more flexible loan however for first-time home buyer programs unless you're buying in like a rural unless you're buying in a particular area that's like underserved and you're you can you know fidget a little things no you're not going to qualify. so if you have a pretty good job but you want and you never bought a home but you want to qualify for the first what they look look yeah. up yeah. Okay. what yeah. a lot of times too though what's a good thing is what you'll see people do which which person that i know from when we searched homes um new construction homes a lot of new construction homes but what they'll give you is amount towards your closing costs yeah they may you know pull up in a fridge for you in a microwave you know what i'm saying maybe not a washer and dryer but they'll incorporate a lot into your closing costs if you go at their preferred lender that is now something i think a lot that's why you notice a lot more millennials in like new construction townhomes yeah Yeah. and those things because closing costs right now are very high yeah so Think about, you know, those type of entities. But but yeah, it is very difficult as a first time home buyer if you are making within the medium range right now and you don't have the full capital, you have to come up in different ways. Right. Yeah. Um, but we have friends like Grantly, all these other people where they did like zero percent down type mm-hmm. loans. It just means that your mortgage is gonna be higher. Mm-hmm. It just means that that's you'll fine. have to pay for I mean, closing that's costs. Fine because you're gonna pay I'd rather zero percent down. I mean, well the thing is is sometimes people wanna walk in and Precious mm-hmm. will talk about this. Her mm-hmm. home, I remember 
she did a particular type of loan program too where it allowed for her she actually when she puts down the money it's more principal in there and you yeah. want you want equity you want walking in you, you want, want that money because, yeah because at that point it's like looking at what you're paying now versus overtime mm -hmm. for me i had a lot of prep time in order to say like okay i know i'm getting ready to buy a house yeah. i'm saving yeah. i'm right. doing this because right. i was researching so mm -hmm. at that point i didn't do zero percent down i put as much down as i could yeah. because okay. i wanted my interest rate to drop yep. even more that is what like you you are always like it's a trade-off exactly like it's you a see trade -off. How high interest rates are now though yeah. mm -hmm. like yeah. that is insane to That's walk insane. away from like it's insane okay yeah. so, mm -hmm. so where did you get the house the first yes. house you got mm -hmm. so how did it start like the furnishing it and everything. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Oh my goodness. You don't even think about because you think about like, okay, I'm gonna get a house. I'm gonna get a house. Uh -huh. And you forget you like now you in the house and it's empty. Like, oh damn. Like you Will Smith when he walked out <laughs> on Fresh Prince, you just looking with your hands and your hips like what we gonna do with this today. Oh my God. No one ever talks about yes. it. So I ended up closing on the property in mm -hmm. October of 2019. Um, and it was crazy. Quick. That was quick. <laughs> that was so quick. She said, summertime, I'm done. I'm here. I'm here. had a house at the end of 2019. Yes. Period. Mm -hmm. So I closed on that house October 2019. And I like to tell people, especially first-time home buyers, because I'm sure that's a lot of who your audience yeah. is, yep. right? Mm -hmm. um, do not try. We, we try to talk to other people about how their home buying experience is, as you should. But please don't try to use that as a benchmark for how yours will be. Yes. Every mm -hmm. single person's home buying experience is going to be different. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just what you have to look at. So my home buying experience, like, it was cool, I would say. It was cool. <laughs> she said it was cool. Y'all, every home buying experience is a shit show. Literally. They just wrapped it up nicely to tell y'all it's not. It's a shit show. It is Things will happen. So I no. So I no. I really so let let's get in. It's, it's a lot of detail here, but so let's get into it. So I told you I did a ton of research mm -hmm. in order to identify where I wanted to buy my home. Mm -hmm. I did a tour of the city. I told you I had just moved yeah, there. Yeah, you didn't know. Exactly. You know I didn't. Place. I didn't know. In my uh -huh. when I moved, like immediately when I moved, before I moved, my mom was already telling me like you need to get a house. You're about to be paying all that money in that small apartment. <laughs> yeah. Get a house. I'm like, I'm yes. I'm gonna be young. I want to get an That's apartment. Like, I'm not trying to mm -hmm. walk and then you online or whatever, do the upkeep and be outside the It's city. worth it, though. It, 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 it long is. Term. In the long term, it is worth it. It's crazy. So, mm -hmm. I ended up closing on the property. Um, like I said, the closing experience was, it was cool. I'm grateful that I did it, but I cried in my car after closing. Mm -hmm. It was just a lot. And then on top of that, you got to understand, I'm not from here. So, mm -hmm. I didn't have family going through this. Like, I was going through this all by myself, and I was mm -hmm. 22 at the time. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot. Young. And she it got it done. It was a lot. Was a lot. Yeah. But I did get it done. And from that point, like, I knew the piece in my mind was a lot of people start buying for their first home. And it's like, okay, well, I want this and I want this and I want this. No, I knew that my first home was something. This is just an investment property. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is not mine. Like, yes, I might stay here sometime, so I definitely want it to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. But this is something that I'm getting as an investment, and I'm immediately mm -hmm. putting it on Airbnb. Mm -hmm. So... Once I got in the house, I'm like, okay, cool. There really, it was turnkey ready. There really wasn't much for me to do mm -hmm. once I got in. There were a few small repairs. But other than that, we were just furnishing. So when I was furnishing, of course, I already had my bed set, but it was a three-bedroom. Mind you, I'm coming from a one-bedroom, one-bathroom to mm -hmm. a three-bedroom, two-and-a-half-bathroom house. Mm -hmm. So at that point, yes, I, I, don't, I couldn't tell you how much I've spent because I didn't set up so many units at this point. Mm -hmm. But I will tell you it was not a ton because, number one, my mom is an extreme couponer. Mm -hmm. And number two, I like to purchase 
things on a budget. Like mm-hmm. we're looking on Facebook Marketplace, we're looking in liquidation stores, mm-hmm. we're looking in outlet stores. That's a major plug, y'all, right. especially for Seriously. investment properties. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And there's so many. So I ended up purchasing a house on the south side. It's right off of Metropolitan Avenue, not too oh, far yeah. off. Southside Princess. Yeah. So Southside is absolutely amazing. It's literally just less than 15 minutes from downtown, less than 15 minutes to the airport. It's a prime location. So again, I did that Beltline tour, and that's how I was able to identify the neighborhood I wanted to really look in, the different neighborhoods. And that's just a major recommendation I would have for anybody. Don't just go where it's like, okay, this house is really pretty and this mm-hmm. and that. No, look at the schools. Look at how they are developing mm-hmm. the actual area because the one thing that I knew was I need this house to appreciate. Yep. I want to pull some equity out. Mm-hmm. I needed to appreciate, so I need to go where they are developing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much what I did. I closed on the house, um, like I said, October 2019, and by December 2019, I was already renting it. We had already mm. furnished it. Everything was that's up. Quick turnaround. Quick. It was good. Quick. It was, it quick, was quick. good. And it was literally moving like we were booked mm-hmm. um, from that point on we were booked and then again by that time I told you I was back on a travel project mm-hmm. so that was the piece that was kind of crazy as well as trying to furnish in and all of that while being on that travel project but either way that's what allowed me to then be able to continuously rent my home out mm-hmm. at the very least during the week and then I actually started traveling on the weekend so that mm-hmm. I didn't have to come back I would go like flex to my parents house mm-hmm. flex to a friend's house mm-hmm. and at that point I was able to rent the house out completely full time and I didn't really have any living expenses because mm-hmm. I'm just Amazing. moving. The yeah. job is paying for the flight. Mm-hmm. Right. So it was really like the perfect um, opportunity. Like, yes. again, like that preparation met that opportunity. Period. And there we were. And a lot of times people don't understand with investment properties, like though, because some people look at investment properties and Airbnb is a great method. Some people do travel nurse. Some people do other type of situations, right, where they do short-term rentals. But if your home is just there and it's appreciating and someone is paying for it and you could even get $300 a month off of that, you give that five years and you look at the equity that you built and it's a great investment. And I think that's sometimes what what people fear about the whole because it's like. Sometimes it's not, you know, near-term gratification. It, it's mm-hmm. just not there. Yeah. Sometimes it's more of a longer it? churn, and it gets you more out of it. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, I love it. So from that point, um, when I closed on it, just to close out my whole Airbnb mm-hmm. stuff, right? So I closed on it, like I said, October 2019, started renting December 2019, you know, shortly after the pandemic. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So March 2020. So March 2020, like we had some really good months. And I remember like by the time March 2020 had hit, I was already slated to bring in about $13,000 via Airbnb for the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just just there. So um, when it hit and when they pretty much put like a stop travel and all of that, I was right. back at home in this big ass house. Yeah. Like three bedroom, two bathroom. And I'm, I'm scared. Mm-hmm. I'm scared. Right. I ain't got a dog. I ain't got no man like I'm scared so at that point I was like I need to figure something out and that is actually when the idea dawned on me to put the tiny house in the back Mm. because I'm like okay you know I still need to rent this out but of course with COVID I can't be here I don't want to co-mingle with the guests Mm -hmm. if I put the house out back I could move into that house I could still rent this house and I can get all my money and I ain't Mm -hmm. got got no mortgage yes it was the perfect perfect setup the perfect thing Um, so I started designing building all of that very long story short, we ended up finishing, not finishing, we ended up starting the tiny house build officially in October of 2020. Um, and of course, mm-hmm. like I said, we documented the process. You can find the docuseries on YouTube. Go watch Just it. It's really tiny. good. Oh, 
Boom and tiny. Boom and tiny. Boom and tiny. Wow. Um, yeah. Like, it's, so it's pretty like po- It's very popular, actually, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. But people love it. But it pretty much details the entire process start to finish of how we started building, designing, and then later on going ahead and renting the house. Um, so it's very fire. It's going to give you an idea of just how much I spent. Like, I go mm-hmm. into all of the details. So we ended up finishing that tiny house. Like... I don't want to, I'm trying to give y'all all of, so in the midst of building the tiny house, I ended mm-hmm. up closing on um, five apartments in, five? Yes, mm-hmm. five, five, five apartments in Midtown via corporate leasing. So this is what I like to say as well, like I do Airbnb Hello. I don't just do it one way, right? Mm-hmm. Like with all of it, like I've done Airbnb via renting my own space. I've rented other people's homes. So July, I actually did a rental arbitrage property. I closed on that. Mm-hmm. So July, I believe it was 2020 is when we started that. Um, so I did rental arbitrage. I did the corporate leasing yeah. method with the five apartments. And then I've also built the structure like the tiny house to put it on Airbnb. Yeah. So really, essentially, I've done Airbnb every way you can think about yeah. doing Airbnb. Mm-hmm. I've done it. So we close on to not close on the tiny house, finish the tiny house March 2021. Mm-hmm. And we have been renting it out ever since. And at this point already, the tiny house has made me a little over twenty or twenty-five thousand mm-hmm. dollars just That's in the backyard. Good. So it's been it's been fire. Um mm-hmm. and at this point I will say like now I'm like you had said, I'm drawing back. Like I had a really good stint of about two, three years mm-hmm. of going hard, right. handling the parties, yeah. handling mm-hmm. all of the mishaps. But now at this point, I'm actually pulling back. So mm-hmm. I got rid of the apartments. I do not long. I no longer have the Why? apartments in Midtown. Why? It was too much. Yeah. Number one, mm-hmm. working with management and having five in one building. Yeah. It's a lot. That's a like, lot. I underestimated yeah. how much because I'm like, okay, like yeah, we got five. I got a team to help me. Right. But it's still just. It's a lot. And, and it unless, falls on you. Exactly. Like, I could see that being even a lot. Even with the managers, yeah. Like, even even the with the ones supposed to be holding it down. And no. Be, because you. The, the no. No, 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 no. Because, again, I still had a big piece of a hand in it. Even mm-hmm. though they were managing the properties, helping me making runs and all of that. Right. I still had a large hand in terms of these apartments are in my business's right. name. These apartments are co-signed with my name. Yeah. So, some things they just could not do. Right. Um. So, that's what really made it hard. So, I ended up closing that just because I will absolutely say as well being a woman in real estate you know mm-hmm. it's hard it's a male dominated <laughs> y'all what's hard about it being the, the, the so, black woman piece so even for instance mm-hmm. when I did the tiny house you'll see if you watch the docuseries but I fired three sets mm-hmm. of, contractors. of contractors I went through that too with my home just doing renovations on my own part mm-hmm. I fired a couple contractors because sometimes they take advantage. Exactly. Sometimes there's a sensibility of like you're a black woman, you're doing this. Like why are you, like you know the whole idea of being a black woman and doing real estate? It doesn't sometimes come to terms. Real yeah. estate, y'all. Real estate. Though people may think, oh, the houses look nice. There is a lot of math and law involved mm-hmm. in real estate. And the lucky part is, is you know your mom has been there and a great soundboard. My mm-hmm. mom has been there and been a great soundboard. There have been certain things with my financing my mom would catch before yeah. a realtor. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we would catch it before. Mm-hmm. So I really do agree with that. It's yeah. hard being a woman. It's, it's sorry, a lot. A and woman. for me, and again, understand that like prior to doing this, I was still in consulting. My yeah. primary passion mm-hmm. is marketing and branding. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. though the Airbnbs were making me so much money, mm-hmm. this isn't something I just wanted to do for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So even though I had quit my 
my job and that's what really what was helping it was the teaching in my course my courses and my yeah. digital projects yeah. that were the passion of like showing up and really allowing people to create that freedom for themselves yeah. really being able to show people that it's like you can monetize anything. Yeah. I always tell people I can put two pennies together, two pennies together, and make a hundred thousand. Rub them quick. Mm-hmm. You it's rub them fast. You really so mm-hmm. it's really just like that is my passion of really helping pe- helping other people to understand that in teaching. Because again, even prior to mm-hmm. Airbnb and real estate, I'm speaking on stages, I'm facilitating workshops, I'm at conferences. So that is what I wanted to ultimately get back to. So that's why I really started scaling back my properties of like, okay, mm-hmm. I really don't want because the more that I continue to scale, the further. I'm going to get into it the deeper and more specialized because that's just how I am like who knows next I would have pulled out a a linens company no I don't want to do that but it would make sense (laughs) again it it would only make sense because again like I'm very much into um what is it called is it like vertical business integration of just you know businesses that work together I'm not about to have a tax business and then do lashes on the side Mm -hmm. that doesn't make sense so that's why I've started scaling back so I no longer have the five apartments with the housing market Mm -hmm. The mm-hmm. rental arbitrage unit I had, they ended up wanting to sell the house. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, you paying us really good. You always on time. You're paying more, but mm-hmm. we can sell this house right now and get 200000 So, period. Deuces. Right. Yeah. So, I was out of that unit. So, now I still have my investment property. I still have the tiny house, and I still have one apartment located in three. Midtown. So three. Exactly. That's good. Three. That's good enough no, I, at, no, at the peak of it, I had eight. I had the mm-hmm. five apartments units. I had the tiny <laughs> house, the house, the, my house, and then the rental arbitrage. Um, so at the peak of it, I had eight units. And it was great, but mm-hmm. for me, it was fine. But again, you talk about oversaturation, number one, mm-hmm. in terms yeah. of real estate and buying. But even furthermore, the pandemic created so many hustlers. Yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. new business that owners. Is, all, for sure. And That's so... Really talking about exactly finding anyone to work for them because be, everybody's hustling, yeah. getting PPPs right. and shit. Like, yeah, come on, PPPs, three P's, push a P. Oh, yeah, I think that's great. So, something else I think we could talk a little bit more about because you touched on it it's scaling your business. A lot of people look at you know, like real estate and, and all these other things. People necessarily may not go into real estate saying, I want to be the realtor. No, 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 you go into real estate saying, you want to be a broker or an investor. Because you understand there's more money in you scaling your business to where you teach people a profitable skill. They work for you very, very well. They teach those people underneath them a profitable skill. And that's how you build an empire, right? So when you think about really your brand, because Mm -hmm. a lot of times people don't recognize that being a person as a coach as well too like your social media can create a platform for you to teach other people absolutely and that can make you so much money you see the people in trucking real estate stocks and bonds that's how they're making good money is by teaching people teaching other it supplements the income that you're getting from those those passive vehicles right like people Mm -hmm. always like to talk about this passive money yeah money in my sleep that's the money like real estate like a long-term tenant or airbnb but you have to supplement that with the active and a lot of people like you Mm -hmm. already said they supplement that in a way where okay i've succeeded in one thing let me go out here and teach somebody else who wants to know it Mm -hmm. and everybody can do that i feel like sometimes we tend to overthink it of like well I didn't do this and I didn't do this and I didn't speak at this conference am I really a subject matter expert Mm -hmm. everybody is a subject matter expert on something yeah Mm-hmm. Everybody, you need to think about what are your friends asking you about? Mm-hmm. How are people reaching out to you? What is that topic that people just 
cling to you for. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was always money and marketing. Yeah. People would come to me like, I know Precious going to tell me how to make some money. Mm-hmm. And I know Precious is going to tell me how do so I get my resume, LinkedIn, uh-huh. money maker. She'll teach you how to get that. Uh-huh. I think that's what we really need to yes. hone in on as well for the audience. You have mm-hmm. to be a subject matter expert, not someone who learns for a, a couple of weeks. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, I got the hang of this. That consistency piece. And turn it yep. into, um, into a coach. Mm. Like, no, y'all, y'all got to understand the, it yourself. The like, resource is fake. Okay. Right? <laughs> but Instagram will show it. you, we the numbers show, will show like, you. Don't make this much yep. money doing this. If this is what you got to mm-hmm. do, man. They put in the time and the work behind that. Yeah. That needs to be stressed. Did you guys see that one post before we go more into this? Did you see that one post where it's like, if I can complete this task in 30 minutes, pay me for my like 30 minutes. I saw that. Rather than because it took me 10 years to know how to do this now in 30 minutes. It's it's the concept of people being able then to be a true subject matter expert in something Mm -hmm. and having the skill set behind them will then allow for you, you get, you're getting your money's worth and pay them their price for it, right? Because knowledge is power. And just to that point with social media, because have, y'all know I said this last week, social media is fake, okay? Sometimes it can be fake, fake. all right? It's cool, I love it, I learn so much, but sometimes it could be fake. So I want you to tell people, because Precious has built a very, very large and actual engaging following on TikTok, Instagram mm-hmm. and all I think you were were you on Clubhouse yes. at one point too? Mm-hmm. You were on Clubhouse and as well too um was it Paris what's the other one as well too I feel like P that you had? Was it just those three? Yeah. I have a Twitter. I mean I'm on I'm Twitter. Everything. She's everywhere. Everything. She is. That's what I've been actually obsessed with lately. Mm-hmm. Twitter oh, influence no not how much they're capitalizing mm-hmm. on Oh, so up. much money. I follow this shorty specifically. And she talks about how much she makes in like $438,000 brand deals, uh, bringing in half a mil from TikTok and Reels. And it has been on my mind. Incredible. And I want to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) said, I would like to know. Really, like, tell people the nuggets about how do you build, like, the best platforms, one, to market yourself Mm -hmm. on. That's the first thing. And then how do you truly build a natural following? Because yes. that's important. You want your people to engage with you, not like buy fake followers. Mm-hmm. I know. So number one, when we say best platform to engage on, that is going to be dependent on whoever you are talking to. Okay. You need to think about who your audience okay. is. So if mm-hmm. I'm sitting here and I'm saying like maybe my audience is, because I will be honest, like a lot of my audience is older than me. They're like middle age, like 30s to 40s. If I am targeting them, I might want to be on YouTube. I might want to be on Facebook. Facebook. I might not be on Snapchat. Right. I might. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like everybody needs to be on TikTok at this point because everybody's on TikTok. It's everybody. now similar to Facebook. Yeah. But it's going to be the Dependent. Like that best platform is going to be dependent on you. So when I say like choosing a platform, you just need to choose one mm-hmm. because we try to like, okay, I'm going to try to master Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and I'm putting it everywhere. Master one first. Mm-hmm. Master one and think about where is my audience. I mm-hmm. think yeah. that's the number one piece. And then it flows into my next response to your other question mm-hmm. of how do you really start building this, making money, building a brand? Mm-hmm. There's three pieces I would say. Mm-hmm. 
So number one, value. Number two, focus. And number three, community. Mm-hmm. Value, focus, community. Remember value, that. Focus, value, community. focus, community. Exactly. Bold it. So In your notebooks. When we think about value, value is what I, the, the question that I asked mm-hmm. earlier. Okay, like what do people come to you for? What are they asking you questions mm-hmm. most about? What are you a subject matter expert on? This does not have to be engineering, real estate. This could be, I'm a subject matter expert on relationships. Mm-hmm. My friends are always hitting me up, asking about they ain't shit ass man. <laughs> And I give the best advice and they always know that I'm going to give it to them real. That could Mm -hmm. be your subject matter expert. Um, That could be your subject matter expertise, I would say. So when we're looking at your value, that's what you need to think about. For Mm -hmm. anybody, this could be anything. Mm -hmm. This could be photography, videography, interior decor, whatever it is, you need to have some very specific value, right? Mm -hmm. And then from that point of having that value, like, okay, I have something that I'm able to teach other Mm -hmm. people, show other people I have experience in, you transition to focus. Meaning, again, what I already stated, choose one platform. How am I going to market with this? Like, I'm not about to create a course and a podcast and the the website Mm -hmm. and do this and do that. Focus. Focus Focus is required, Mm -hmm. right? So when we say focus, it's like, what is the one thing that I'm going to consistently show up in? When I first started, for me, this was speaking, podcasting. Mm -hmm. That's why I have my podcast, The Strategy Behind Branding Yourself. This is why I also started going and um, speaking on YouTube and just posting like how I was speaking any events I had, I put them on YouTube, and that's how people started to really identify mm-hmm. my brand. I'm talking about marketing, money, and mindset mm-hmm. because that is the value that I bring. You see mm-hmm. how it's the value is the money, marketing, mindset. The focus is, okay, I'm doing this through my podcast. I'm mm-hmm. doing this through YouTube. I'm doing this through, right now, it's primarily, I would say, video content. I tend to go live a lot on Instagram mm-hmm. um, and all of that. So I really love to just talk. That is my focus. And then you think about community. Who is the very specific community around this topic and this value that I've identified? I'm not trying to get at everybody. I'm not trying to get at my family and my friends. Like, hey, can y'all download? Right, yeah. Can y'all mm-hmm. buy it? Right, yeah. That's not my community. You, mm-hmm. And you need to say that again for people because people get so mad at their friends, friends. when they don't right. support necessarily their business type. And sometimes your friends is not, that's They're not, not your audience. But it's not, it's not, it's it, you be no. not your friends. No. It that's the one. No. I can, supporting you is different than being a part of your audience. Yeah. Like if I'm your friend and you're saying that you talk about, I don't know, what what's something that I don't really talk too much about or you talk about construction all the time mm-hmm. right and you're somebody who was like this is really my value all of that hey tune into my podcast about construction i'm selling orange vests and shit just I because vests. i bet <laughs> they look fabulous just mm. because i'm your friend doesn't mean that i have to do i can certainly share your post right. support yeah. is not just okay. money yeah. i can share your post i can tell other people mm-hmm. about it and that is still supporting but i'm not your audience so why mm-hmm. would i go out and i'm not going to waste my money to just mm-hmm. have it sit you need when people say like oh well my family and friends are supporting me you are not doing the real work mm-hmm. to identify who your audience is you need to get very specific. You need to niche down. This is, for instance, when people are like, oh, I sell T-shirts. Everybody can buy a T-shirt. Okay, and, but who is the specific person that is going to enjoy that T-shirt, mm-hmm. what it says, the feel mm-hmm. of it, and all nice. of that? Everybody uses toilet paper, but mm-hmm. I'm damn sure not about to go buy no Scott. Period. Me neither. Like, again, like, it, Scott has a very specific audience mm-hmm. versus Charmin. You know Charmin is the soft. It's going to be in the home. I like, I like how it feels. Yeah, and then, I like how it feels, you know? Scott, you find in the airport, you find in public mm-hmm. places because it's going to flush easy. They have it. But again, they're succeeding mm-hmm. because they have a specific audience. Yeah. So that is really when you're thinking about, okay, how can I build a true, successful, monetizable mm-hmm. brand? 
I need to have and identify my value. I need to have a focus and I really need to know who my community is and how I am That's pushing big. this. Build a community around it first. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying get a community and push to them. No, because that's too much of what we try to do. You try mm-hmm. to promote and get money immediately first. Yeah. I don't even know you like that. Mm-hmm. Why would I give you my money? Right. Tell yep. me about it. Like, mm-hmm. you need to go mm-hmm. out here and do what I like to call social selling. Social selling is just meaning I'm just talking about me and I'm talking about my experience. Mm-hmm. And just as a byproduct of that, you're hearing about what I sell. Mm-hmm. But I'm not directly selling to you like, hey, buy this. You're going to want to buy it because you're more intrigued by my conversation and the relationship that we might have. Mm. That is how you do it. That is how That's you big. successfully do it. Wow. And the thing about it, I think is great that you mentioned how Charmin, you know, that that's something you yeah, know, we use it. But then also Charmin too, you know, Scott. Okay. But the thing is, is you notice those are two competitors, <laughs> right? But they can still live in the same atmosphere. Okay. Why is that? Is because there is a niche that they are a part of and they sell very, very well to their niche. Right. And I think that it's an incredible thing because there, look, there are a lot of coaches on Instagram, on yeah, Facebook. Absolutely. On yeah, there is. what is is it like kaleidoscope? It, it, there's another platform that a lot of Periscope. people. Thank you, Periscope. Uh, That's a really big platform for some of the the influencers right now. For real, for real. So there's that as well as TikTok, right? Like there are so many different types of coaches that they have their own kind of like niches of how they like to connect with their people. And I think that it's a great thing when you're looking at these people though to see what aligns with you, your Absolutely. values, what it is you want to get accomplished. And what it is that, you know, you essentially can see yourself doing. Because I think sometimes people want to see themselves in a coach, right? Absolutely. That's the main piece. Mm-hmm. Like, because, and that's why you see so many coaches, right? Like, mm-hmm. and typically I like, like, I don't know. Right. You, you have to use your own discernment in terms of like mm-hmm. whether or not this coach is really about what they're doing or they just showing you some shit that's going to make you buy it. Yeah. But this is why you see so many coaches now and on Instagram selling you their lifestyle. They're mm-hmm. not selling results. That's They're so not showing true. you money. They're not showing you all of the work. They're showing you, uh... Because the data uh, doesn't lie. Numbers I, don't lie. Exactly. Like, oh, I'm, I'm on a beach and I'm working. Like, wow, I love the fact that I can just work from the beach and uh-huh. work from anywhere. I got this Lambo. Let me show you this. Mm-hmm. Let me show you all my nice Turo cars that I got. No money down. Like, they're showing you the lifestyle. They're not really selling you the actual result. They're not... Mm-hmm. Sh- many of them aren't even showing you the result. Yep. But so many of us, because that digital age we're in and what we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. we fall all into the lifestyle of it like oh my god yes like because we're comparing and I was like wait I don't I don't have a Lambo right. I don't mm-hmm. I, I don't have a, a nice a Tuesday morning where I'm just going to go fly to Punta Cana like I want to do that and that's what you all buy you buy into mm-hmm. that you're not necessarily buying the product like oh I really want to get into yeah. Airbnb no you really mm-hmm. want to make some money right. mm-hmm. and you want that lifestyle to wear that right. Chanel yeah. purse but you don't know what people had to do to get to that Chanel purse or what their pathway looked like, right? But it's or important for them to show. Mm-hmm. It's important for them to show that. Yeah. And I think it's very, it's hard. And mm-hmm. I also think it's very misleading when so many people sell this lifestyle. Sell this lifestyle. They show these purses. They show the nice cars. They show all of this. Mm-hmm. But they're not actually giving real value. They're not yes. actually That's telling. That's so crazy. They're not telling the real experience the about it. Exactly. You can obtain. Mm-hmm. Or the other piece as well, when we think about like how do you discern between that real versus like that fake right. coach or that coach yeah. that is trying mm-hmm. to just make some money off right. of you mm-hmm. number one how much time are they investing in you before you actually pay them wow mm-hmm. that's a big one that's big how, like so you I should be giving my money up front uh-huh i mean you absolutely can but when i talk about investment for instance with me like i'm a coach and i've talked to many many people i've helped hundreds of thousands of people at this point sell and get started and teach 
how do you get started with Airbnb? And one of the main pieces that they really say is like, wow, people will get on the phone with me in terms of like an interview mm -hmm. call for my course. And they're like, oh, you picked up? I didn't even know it was going to be you. I thought it was going to be some salesperson. Mm. That access to me is very important. Or even, for instance, it's like mm. many people I connect with via my live videos and via mm -hmm. my content well before they pay me. You can shoot me mm -hmm. a DM and I'm going to answer the DM. That's big. Exactly. A lot that's of people huge. don't do that. And that's how you are really able to discern and like, mm -hmm. okay, do I really, am I really an expert in this? Because there's people who they will position themselves as an expert, but they do not really have an expertise in this industry. Right. Mm. Right. I'm saying there's just so many coaches with that. Is is it a cop-out in a way? Is it like an easy way out to not do your own research? Like, I'm about to mm. spend all this money for a coach to tell me links mm. to look at. Now, again... That's that, my perception of what mm -hmm, coach mm -hmm, mm -hmm. See, no, you have, again, that discernment, right? Because a coach, like... A video, just me just letting you purchase into like some videos right. and audios yeah. that I did is yeah. much different than me actually showing up on a weekly basis. Hey, can I answer your questions? We're addressing roadblocks. Mm -hmm. We're actually mapping out an entire, okay, how am I going to hit this? Mm -hmm. That's a That's lot real coaching too. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like the mentorship piece. Okay, yeah. And that's a true. lot of people just have courses. They are not Got coaches. Right. They just have courses. And there's okay. a major difference. So mm -hmm. when you are a coach, you are actually showing up. You're doing what you said. You're teaching and you're showing them in a way that it's like, hey, mm -hmm. I'm just translating my experience into a way that you are going to be able to do step by step. This is what you need to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm showing you, you do this and you're able to get what you need to get. Mm -hmm. And is it a guarantee at the end? I mean, it would depend because the guarantee depends on both you and me. I can give you all of the work. That's why I always say, people tell me all the time, it's like, you give out so much free game. You telling yeah. people everything. Absolutely, because I can tell all of y'all and only 1% of you will do it. Mm. <laughs> people want to put in the work. People, people want, want the lifestyle. The That's a true point, though. People want the lifestyle. They want the profits. Yeah, right. But, you know, it takes a while even to get to that point. Mm -hmm. But as well, too, you have to put in the work to get there. Right. But, the, so but a major piece as well is like when you, the way that you market and you mm -hmm. bring into people. People, right like those people who sell the lifestyle you're going to get a very different person they're mm. going to show up very differently in your coaching program and all of that if you're selling the lifestyle this is why i try not to sell a lifestyle it's mm -hmm. like you know what i do but you don't really know what i do mm. so i'm not going to sell you the lifestyle i'm going to sell you the fact that it's like hey this is what i've been able to accomplish for myself yeah. i'm not selling you the materials because those people who tend to get in it if they don't get those materials and what you mm -hmm. have very quickly they're out they're going to call you That's a scam big. a fraud all of that when really it's like you didn't put in the work like like yeah. you said like you don't see all of the years I put in mm -hmm. you got in and right. you thought that right. just doing these 10 mm -hmm. steps was right. gonna get it when I've been in this for years right and you did a whole case against how you will be successful in it I think that's important so okay we're gonna transition over just to ask a couple things that uh Key and I wanted to know about kind of the art of Finesse, but as well too, finesse can mean something where it's done in a particular style that just encompasses something that it's well-rounded, it's properly thought out, oh, yeah. and it could be something that's very strategic. Mm -hmm. And like you mentioned, it's better that these people are coming on in your coaching, you know, they kind of have that road to success, that type of, you know, okay, I get it, I do this, I do that. Well, you had to go through the trenches. Yeah. You had to figure that shit out. Yeah. So we wanted to ask you, P takes on a couple of things. P takes. Okay. I like this. P takes. P takes. <laughs> Like second, no, P takes. No, P takes. Yes. Okay. I like it. Triple P's. <laughs> okay. So key and I, I'll do the first one key. Okay. So, um, using social media algorithms. Mm -hmm. 
So algorithms, I heard someone the other day said they got shadow banned. Have you ever been shadow banned? What is, okay, can someone explain to me more about that concept and how you use algorithms to your benefit then? So some people who try to hack the algorithm, typically those are the primary people who are getting this shadow banning, right? Meaning okay. that you're trying to hack the algorithm and that, okay, I want everybody to see my stuff. I want, you know, all of this X, Y, Z. Shadow banning at a very basic level means that you can post content, but for instance, if you put hashtags under there, if I click any of those hashtags, you're not showing up you're only showing up for the people who currently see you not the broader audience that's pretty much what shadow banning is like people aren't really as many people are not seeing your content as they typically would and again it usually happens when you are trying to hack the algorithm now when we think about what the algorithm is and like at a very basic level this algorithm all social media platforms have an algorithm. They mm-hmm. are an algorithm. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. algorithm is pretty much showing you what they know that you are going to most engage with. So when people try to hack the algorithm, it's pretty much like you're taking money out of the Facebooks and the Twitter pockets, and that's why they are then shadow banning. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, didn't even I love that. this. So, yeah. Because when I saw that, I was like, shadow okay. Banning, so they were shadow, shadow banned, banning. so they can't expand, you know, their horizons of mm-hmm. people that the farther reach that they want to get. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when you're playing into, like, for those that are, like, wanting to play into the algorithm or understand the algorithm a little bit more, specifically Instagram, this is the piece, the algorithm that everybody is usually trying to hack. With Instagram specifically, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in terms of like this algorithm, what they are going to do initially when you post a photo, they're going to show it to like typically it's about 10% of your audience. Just to see how much engagement. Exactly. Yeah. And, and depending on engagement, they'll expand more. Exactly. So that is typically how it's working. So for those people, again, who are trying to hack the algorithm, it's like you're bypassing that entire step to see whether or not our people immediately initially engaging with this is this Mm. actually interactive content that's going to keep my eyes on it because you got to understand like that's why so many of these videos video forms are getting shorter and shorter like initially it was like okay you get a one minute then you get 30 seconds now there's reels going crazy that are all of six seven seconds because Mm. like our attention span is just decreasing. Sure. They wow. want it to decrease yeah. because you're not going to look up more information. It's like, I'm going to watch a seven second video and, of Black Lives Matter yeah, buying a mansion. And, wow. Oh my God, oh, they buy a mansion. That's all I need to know. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, our generation. It's insane oh, how social media drives so much of so our knowledge. Much. Even in conception. Ways, like changing our ways. Of wow. Our lives. It's crazy. interesting. It's very interesting. Watch The Matrix, y'all. The Matrix. Mm-hmm. So then, I, okay, so next I wanted to ask, you, you had mentioned at the beginning, like, you balancing consulting mm-hmm. as well as your entrepreneurship. Like, you were always traveling on the weekends, so you didn't have any, like, um, mm-hmm. anything to pay for concerning your house. And then, mm-hmm. So what did that look like? You were, what time did you wake up for your job, and what time did you end the day uh, mm-hmm. with your entrepreneurship? I mean, it would vary in terms of wake up time, cause I'm not one of those five a.m. Thank you, <laughs> thank and, you. And That's what? Yeah. No, it's not. No, I get up at four forty-five a.m. Y'all come up and get up here with me. You have to understand those people that are waking up. Not sleep. Some some people. We're all different, and everybody tries to find these hacks and these ways of like, how do you be successful? Wake up at five a.m. No, because that person who is waking up at four or five a.m. They probably had to go to sleep at eight. While I was up until two getting what I needed to do. Or take a nap. Right. and I were saying we got to take a nap. They never said what time they're going to sleep. They just said that they wake up. A lot of us awake. Well, in my gym class, I know somebody who goes to sleep at eight p.m. sharp every night. To right. get up for five thirty, I go right. to bed at twelve every night. 
and my body wakes up naturally at 5 a.m. I mean, you start, you'll start, you'll you start, you naturally do that. You're head down and you're waking back up. I have to take a nap though. Oh, some people are different. Yeah, some people, I don't know. You heard when P. Diddy he was like, oh, like people are sleeping right now. I'm already up, getting, getting new it. You yeah. are your most and productive you, in certain tired. hours of the morning. You look tired. <laughs> you look tired. Not and you also look tired. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you the fact that you got a whole team who's up working for mm-hmm. you while you're asleep. But how did you All balance right. it for real? Because having yeah, a team is, is important. You, yeah. And then, because. P, you didn't start off having a team all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, I was I was the team. Mm-hmm. Come on. <laughs> hey, this is the assistant. Hey, she hey, pick hey. up the phone. Hey, hello. Drop the contract. <laughs> go see the house. Um. So if I'm being honest with you, and I feel like a lot of people are not honest, right? Mm-hmm. There was no balance. Mm. There was no balance. It wasn't like, oh my god, this is moving so smoothly. Like I I, I stop working here, and then I do this, and then oh my god, like yes, and I got my Starbucks. No, it was mm-hmm. not that perfectly yeah. well balanced. And even when people talk about like work life balance and all of that, it's like there is nece- there isn't necessarily a balance. Um, I heard someone say before, it's like it's not necessarily this work life balance or whatever balance you're talking about. It's a blend yeah. of like, a, okay, I got a blend with you know my my main job and my side hustle. Mm-hmm. It's not a balance. You are mm-hmm. just working to find a better way to blend the two. Mm-hmm. So when I was working, it's like yeah, like I had some long hours mm-hmm. in my job. Mm-hmm. long hours so there were some days where it's like if i'm not getting off work until i don't know 8 9 p.m no i don't feel like going home and doing some work but i might you know do something like right. listen to a podcast or something right. that's mm-hmm. going to help me that next mm-hmm. morning yes, but it. those days that i do have a little more flexibility for mm-hmm. instance there are times where i might be working all day or i might be on the clock all day but you know there's not too much going on mm-hmm. i'm able to do what i need to do i'm taking a couple of calls mm-hmm. So that's how I was really able to do it. Like it, it came to a point in my career where I started to like get into the flow of things mm-hmm. and saw that like, okay, well, if I put some time on my calendar and say I'm in a meeting, you in a meeting? I'm in a meeting. I am in a meeting. You're in a meeting. Maybe, Maybe not, not yours, yours, but I'm in a meeting. <laughs> because again, as long as things are getting, as long as things are getting done, mm-hmm. what's the problem? Nice. I'm doing everything that I need to do. So now, like again, it's just a matter of like I'm buying my time back. I'm getting it back. Yeah. So for me. That's how I was able to do it. I started mm-hmm. doing more of like my nine to five work at night because, okay, I need the day to make these calls, try to find some more Airbnbs, so try to open. talk to my clients. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So at that point, it's like, okay, I'm going to be working on, you know, if I'm working on a presentation, if I'm working mm-hmm. on, you know, a deliverable, I'm doing that yes. at night. Yeah. So mm-hmm. then once I present it at 10 a.m., I'm done between 10 mm-hmm. and 2. So I can now have a meeting. Services based is such like a unique situation though, because there are a lot of consultants who then transition and like pivot it into entrepreneurship because consulting teaches such, it teaches really good skills. Yeah. For your nine to five and making your own like consulting business. But you said, you said a nugget. I think people need to recognize you were like, well, you know, if I'm doing X, Y, and Z for my job too, to also help because if you're going to be a subject matter expert in something that means you're always constantly learning mm-hmm. you could be listening learning. to a podcast yes. of sorts about what's going on in the market you're mm-hmm. up to date with those type of things i thought that was good too because then that does show the blended integration that right. though you may be working for someone else at the time and doing that mm-hmm. you can still feed into yourself and your passions right. mm-hmm. through smaller ways and a large piece that i want to mention as well because this is something that like i was very heavy on like spreading the message mm-hmm. of you do not have to i feel like so often especially being millennials mm-hmm. right like we'll have a job but it's like i'm passionate about something else so i got a side hustle mm-hmm. here i got this right. but you don't tell your job 
And that's up to you, right? But I am somebody who was like, I don't want to hide my identities. I did it for a little bit starting out because I've been doing branding since college. Mm -hmm. So when I started out in college, it's like, okay, well, you know, I'm trying to get this full-time job so I can't let them see that I'm making this money Mm -hmm. on the side. Mm -hmm. So yes, okay, that makes sense to not do it. But once I got that job and then even furthermore in the midst of getting that job, like they they were able to look me up on social media and see that I've been speaking Mm -hmm. here, here, here. You see that I have my own business and you can ask about it and I'm going to tell you, yeah, this is something that I'm passionate about Mm -hmm. but you understand how they come together Mm -hmm. like what am I learning now like you don't necessarily need to say like yeah I'm just trying to get this check and get the fuck out of here Mm -hmm. you don't need to say that but you need to say like okay you know I really feel like I'm gonna learn these things (laughs) you don't need to say that don't don't say that please don't please don't say that please don't say that please please don't say that okay no seriously like you understanding how your passions overlap is so important Mm -hmm. so so important and if you want to you go to my YouTube, bunch of gems mm-hmm. on my YouTube. But understanding how those passions overlap is important because that is what's going to help you to create this, I guess, unified identity online. It's so often that it's like people have one identity on identity on their Instagram and Twitter, then you go to their LinkedIn and it's like <laughs> no, yeah. no, do it again, do it again. Cause I literally exactly like a LinkedIn. Literally with like the water like all the colors in the background. It's blue, it's gray. And it's, it's like what the hell are you doing? Like, right. like you said you're some operations cute. manager, then I go on Instagram and you shaking ass. Shaking ass. Shaking ass. You can do both, right? Because Just taking names. Understanding know? the concept of duality is important. And I feel like so often, again, even when we're mm-hmm. thinking about black people and women, we feel like we have to choose. Like we can't do it all. Like, okay, I can't be, you know, this strong, independent black woman and want somebody to take care of me. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, again, understanding just that duality piece, that helps you to identify what are the overlapping pieces of my passion and my profession, and then that is the brand that you're putting out Mm -hmm. there. That overlap. You don't have to say, like, okay, I'm a consultant here, and then I do this on the side, and I do taxes. It's like, hey, I have a love for problem solving and money. That's a good way to market, y'all. Marketing. So, you were really starting to find your group with working nine to five and entrepreneur. Why didn't you continue doing it? And when did you leave? I mean, okay, so, and that's the piece as well, because I tried to get to a point where it's like, it was overlapping really well. Like, yeah. my job right. was bringing me in to speak about branding okay. and doing workshops and all of that. Okay. It was really fire, yeah. and it started to overlap well, but my business started growing at a much faster rate mm. than my salary was. $2,000 <laughs> <laughs> job. Look at the head. Just, and then it's gotta go. It's cute. Like, I always knew, and I like to keep keep my goals top of mind I always knew that I didn't want to work for somebody for the rest of my life like it was never my goal to climb the corporate ladder it was my goal to get in get the skills that I need build the network and get out so I knew going going in that it was going to come to a point where precious you cannot do both you can't have your cake and eat it too you can't have a salary and you're going to do this because my job was taking away time for me to grow my business Mm. and that is when I identify like okay I'm going to have to drop this that is when I then said, like, okay, you know what? I can't do this anymore because I remember when I made the decision. I had just hit, like, $20,000 for the month in my business, just one one of my businesses. And I'm like, all right, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Because y'all paying me pennies and you're stressing yeah. me too much yeah. for how much you're paying me. That stress. Yeah, for how much you're paying me, you're stressing me too much. And I looked at my business and it's like... I, I, ain't, I ain't even like I, I just, my phone would just be here mm-hmm. and the, the sales would come in and I'm like I don't even need to do any I don't need mm-hmm. to talk to anybody mm-hmm. so that's when I then decided you know what 
nah, I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. I need to step away from this job. And of course, do it in an amicable way. Yes. But it's like you can only balance and play in between two worlds for so long because mm -hmm. you have to understand the limited resource that we all have is time. And you, that time that you're giving to your job is time that you could be used to invest in, put more mm -hmm. strategy into your business. Time okay? is so precious. Did you guys Stop. see what I did there? I hate when people. Did y'all see that? Oh, precious. Oh my God, Cliff, did you see that? that? Is Tommy, cute. He Tommy not even so smiling. It's, it's <laughs> funny. It's funny and it's clever. Go ahead. So, when you're building a brand, this, this is something that y'all said that it's, it's totally fake. Um, it's not real, but is that what people, is that what you want people to take from you when they look at you and your brand? Like, what mm -hmm. is the message that you want? them to know about you step into themselves and their own identity that's mm -hmm. all i've been doing like if you're looking at like oh how did she do this this money this branding all of that it's really just a matter of continuously trying things like i want you to look at me and look at my experience mm -hmm. and everything that i've done and see that like wait she went from doing this and she right. did this and the, the power of pivot yeah. is what i need you to understand yeah. You see those P's again? Yeah, the P. So, yeah. <laughs> again, like, identify, like, really, like, okay, what is this identity that I want to take on? And it's not something that you're just going to know and say, ooh, Eureka, I got it. It's right. a light bulb. Yeah. It's something that you are going to, hey, you know, I think I want to try this for right now. I'll try it and understand that it's all right to change your mm -hmm. mind. Mm -hmm. That is the main piece that you need to understand. It's okay to change your mind. And even furthermore, number two, shortly after, mm -hmm. how can I make money from this phone right here. Because again, you get those notifications. I hope y'all got them on. You should. Of how much time you're spending on social media. Yeah. Out of, out of those eight, nine hours that you say, mm -hmm. translate that to, to money. Monetize it, right? Mm -hmm. Like out of those eight, nine hours, how much money did I make? Mm -hmm. Okay, how much is that hourly? Mm -hmm. Is that enough for me to be spending on it? Okay, yeah, then I need to... It's not. It's not. I need to hop off. Mm -hmm. Like, if you if you didn't make any money from that and all of that scrolling, then that is something that needs to be a goal of how can I at least figure out some way to show people and teach them, like, okay, yeah. this is what I'm doing, mm -hmm, and yeah. then you just run in with it and you create a digital product or something. Just mm -hmm. build... I would say first, just build a community. Mm. Build a community around who you are because you are going to change. Like the same people who were buying my stuff in regards to branding and getting right. on coaching calls right. and consults with me are the same people who bought my Airbnb ebook to Airbnb mm -hmm. Money ebook to. Mm -hmm. Consistent audience. They, they're buying from you, right? Not mm -hmm. the product. From, already from you telling us like your story, I know that you're you you keep it very honest. Like mm -hmm. you didn't you didn't pull a Jeff Bezos where you got this whole twenty whatever thousand dollar loan <laughs> to build your, no you were sleeping on couches of your mm -hmm. friends you were going back home when you could to sleep there like that's that you it seems like you'll be keeping it very honest with your audience mm -hmm. and do you think like that also contributed like the success is what contributed absolutely 100 percent. because yeah, honesty is what contributed to your success absolutely like a ton of people comment on that as well in terms of my honesty because mm -hmm. i'm quick to share my failures as well like my lessons learned I wouldn't even call them failures like I'm quick to share my lessons learned mm -hmm. in the bad as well right. like I'm not just going to show you the highlight of all of my vacations and me making all of this money without mm -hmm. showing you that these guests 
you know, ran ran a car into my carport and knocked it off for the hinges. They came into my house and they completely scratched up all of my wood floors. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm not going like I'm not going to show you the good without showing you the sacrifice you need to make with it because I never want somebody to look at my story and just think it was handed to me. Mm-hmm. I've been in this and I've been putting years in this. At this point, I am now 26. I've been putting years in this. For 10, 10 years. Period. So again, like, like you said mm-hmm. earlier, it's like you're not paying. So if you you saying like, okay, to hop on the phone with me 30 minutes, it's like it might be $100, $200, but you're not paying me for the 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. You're paying me for the 10 years. I just mm-hmm. did it. Mm-hmm. That's important. Mm-hmm. So usually when I have, well, that's a great explanation. I really mm-hmm. appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is my thing with entrepreneurs. Y'all are, <laughs> y'all are, y'all are really go-getters. Like y'all wake up and, and it's, what y'all got to do is on your mind and, and you don't spend your money unless it's towards the business. Mm-hmm. But also we got to recognize that relationships are very important. Not just mm-hmm. like your contractor, but it could be your friends who are in a totally different business. Mm-hmm. Like that could be useful as well. And that, that relationship needs to be cultivated. How can you maintain those relationships or how do you maintain those relationships that don't have anything really to do with your business, mm-hmm. but they can contribute in some type of way or maybe just, be a friend in yeah. general. Like how do you make sure you balance what you want to do with growing your success and your money and also balancing in terms of friendships and lifestyle? Mm-hmm. Schedule it into my calendar. Okay. That's typically, <laughs> that's typically the type of people we are. Like when you're like some type of go-getter, when you're a person, yeah. you got mm-hmm. a business, it's like you have so much going on, it needs to be in, in the calendar. Mm-hmm. And if it's not in the calendar, I'm not doing it. Right. So my friends know it's like when you hit me up, send me a calendar invite. Okay. Yes. And mm-hmm. how far in advance do you got to know? Mm-hmm. I mean, we could squeeze something in. <laughs> hey, girl, squeeze girls night. night. What time? What are we what doing? What time? Address. <laughs> Do I have to go to the liquor store? <laughs> need to right. put that in. <laughs> 30 <laughs> minutes. I, I, I would say I need at least 72 hours. 72 uh, hours? At least that's not bad. My friends, you can't hit me on Tuesday. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. Because we grown, it's a lot going on, and we're, I'm really starting to realize just how much you balance as a real adult. Like, this yeah. birthday was when I really came mm-hmm. to terms. Like, okay, like, we're the new adults. Like, right. we the ones got to handle holidays and right. all this. Like, yeah. it's scary. Mm-hmm. I'm no longer just, like, a young adult, and I'm just coming to terms with the fact that I'm no longer a college girl. Mm-hmm. And I've been out of college, like, five right. years. Exactly. And <laughs> it's crazy. So it's just, like, yeah. That that's it. I ain't, I ain't got no more to say. Just schedule it. Like schedule it. Like calendar. Schedule it. Exactly. And like I know because Tommy blowing me with telling me uh-uh. about her birthday and it's March, February, March, and I'm just like and y'all gonna come. <laughs> But, she did, but making sure that people but are available. She does it smooth. It really is smooth going mm-hmm. into it. There's no like, mm-hmm. she didn't tell me this is like, this is the mm-hmm. fence. This is what we got to do. I got to buy this. No, it's like, I've been new this. Mm-hmm. I knew, I've been new about that. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, it is nice to know. <laughs> nice to piece I would like to mention as well, because you mentioned this, this piece in regards to like, what if they're in different industries? What if they're yeah. not necessarily mm-hmm. doing what you do? I do believe that re- relationships, like relationships are transactional. You never want to mm-hmm. be in a relationship of friendship. Right. or whatever right. where you're the only one making deposits right. nobody yes. is giving you anything depositing like you can never withdraw you're always mm-hmm. just making deposits so relationships are transactional mm-hmm. it's just understanding that even though they are transactional it does not always have to translate to a like a monetary a 
monetary transaction. Mm-hmm. I have many friends who is like, we play in completely different fields, mm-hmm. but they are the pieces of like, they hold me together emotionally. Mm-hmm. We're able to connect and this is the person that I could travel with. Mm-hmm. There's some commonality, but I definitely think that it's important, especially for people who are balancing a lot of businesses, you have a lot of success, to discern the people mm-hmm. around you in the type of transactions that you all mm-hmm. are able to give mm-hmm. one another because there are going to be people who come around you and they just want to be around you because they see you up next. Mm. Talk about it. Mm. Coat. Mm. What do they call those again? Mm. There's a couple of names. It's like coat riders. I don't know y'all what they be calling them nowadays. So many different. There we go. Mm. Uh, So that, okay, then that brings me to the next point. Really, like how do you, so you really started like 2018, 2019. It sounds like, but it sounds like before you were kind of always doing something. Mm -hmm. But when you started getting like more into your passion and just started grinding more every day, how how did your friends feel about that and what boundaries did you have to set to show them like this is the new me this is what i'm going to be doing either you're with me or we gotta you gotta mm-hmm. find something else to do i mean so there were definitely people around who were like oh you're working too hard yeah, or like right. oh like come on too come hard. have fun and i i really remember being in college <laughs> working too hard working they too said hard. that girl i don't know what you want to but I'm going to get this money. Yeah. They said that I'm going to get this money. So either way, um, even back in college, I remember like there were days like I'm missing out on a big, you know, Greek party because yeah. I got to study yeah, for a test. Right, I got yeah. something to do. I got, right. you, I'm working on something. So that's just like, I de- I will say I definitely had to set boundaries in terms of how I set those boundaries. It was really just helping them to understand the goal that I'm working towards. Mm-hmm. And people always know, I said like by 30, I'm not trying to be working. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing mm-hmm. all of this now right. so that by 30, I can do what I really want to do, which is nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's all right. And that's okay. Nothing. That's I just beautiful. Wanna, that's I just want to speak. A soft thing. life. Yes. A soft life is more than a slow okay. living. Just yes. nice. Like because enjoy your time. actually live your life. The major like, and I had put something on Instagram that a lot of people resonated with, but it's like I am a. You got to realize, right? Like we always have these tasks. We got these goals. Yes. We got to do this. I got to do that. I am a human being, not a human doing. Mm-hmm. How can I focus more on mm-hmm. being? Mm-hmm. And in order for me to focus on more being, I need to be by my damn self. <laughs> so, but no. like, yeah. Put it on my calendar. Put it's it on calendar. there. We'll see it. That's really great. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, back to the finesse. What do millennials call it? Finesse. They call it finesse. Oh, working smarter and not harder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We said that in undergrad. Is that not oh, a term I anymore? I love that term. Actually. Okay, thank I you. Love that that term. Work smarter, smarter, not okay. harder. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel like I'm doing with my job right now. Yeah. Like, and they're paying me way more to not do as much labor mm-hmm. as I did when I wasn't getting paid nearly as much, mm-hmm. but was putting in longer hours. So mm-hmm. that really crazy. is, if you can work smarter instead of harder, then I think that's what you should be doing. The goal is to get your time back. <laughs> time mm-hmm. back. Like, I'm, what was what, what would Maxine say? Mm. I'm reclaiming, reclaiming, my, reclaiming time. my time. Reclaiming my time. Who knew that would, mm-hmm. would really... It's timeless. It's timeless. <laughs> exactly. We can't, we can't get it back. It's like the highest commodity. Yeah. Like, yeah. people always say, like, you know, what is the most valuable thing? Like, it's not money. Mm-hmm. It's time. Right. Like, that is the one thing that is, like, it's consistent. Like, this window, this window of opportunity in terms mm-hmm. of, like, time and even furthermore your life... On a consistent basis, no matter what you're doing, that window is closing and getting short. Yeah. You have to understand that, and that in itself should create some type of sense of urgency mm-hmm. for you to get the fuck up and figure it out. Right. Yeah. Our time on the earth true. is very limited. No yes. matter what you see, like the one percent doing, uh-huh. creating whatever on a to boat. make you live longer. On a boat. 
Move it to space. On a boat. Time is limited, y'all. <laughs> a boat. On a boat. <laughs> that was really great. That yes. was really great information. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yes. Really good. Yes. Okay, so to close us out, we have a sound bite. What is one thing like down the road I see myself doing? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. we can say, because I know you just mentioned you 30. Mm-hmm. So 26 now. So you mm-hmm. could say 30 still be maybe yeah. something else that's more specific too. So down the road, I see myself mm-hmm. other than being on a boat. Yeah. Down, down the road, I see myself with a talk show. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oprah. Ah, we want to be in the audience. Money. You get a car. Money right there. He going to be like, you get a tiny home. You get a tiny home. You get a tiny home. I know that's right. Point it out. Come on. on. Yes. In my yes. community. I really yes. just another mm-hmm. tiny home. We, don't, we gotta talk more is about that. Is that for Melissa, That's so uh, minimalist or is that for everyone? Because I mean, I need my So you'd be surprised. <laughs> tiny homes tiny homes, and accessory dwelling units, um, they can be up to like, obviously the terms, the term changes, right? Based on the parameters, right? Because I think it's like a tiny home is less than like 500 square feet. And then when you look at wow. a micro home, a micro home is like, okay, it's less than 1,500 square feet. An accessory dwelling unit, a container home, all of these have their own parameters. But I said that to say that, like, there are micro homes that people have that they call them micro, mm-hmm. which they're my, everything is micro in relation to something else, right? right? Mm-hmm. But these micro homes, they're 1,500 square feet. My three-bedroom, two-and-a-half bathroom is about 1,600, 1,700 mm-hmm. square feet. So wow. it's, it can be the size of a house. But I will say, like, in terms of if it's going to be micro, if it's going to be tiny, yeah, you got to do a little you gotta minimal. You got to commit to that. Yeah. And that is why I don't live in my tiny house. Okay. Got to commit. I love it. Key, where do you see yourself? Um, About? Dying? No, I'm kidding. No, actually, we want one. No, I really, I want one. I really do. That pulls mm-hmm. up to my house. Period. Like, that would be. Oh, I, I would like to. In the long term, I would like to work for myself. Yeah, yes. I don't. I don't want to put more money in a CEO's pocket that I never mm-hmm. see. Like I don't. I don't want that. Or, or working. Someone stressing me out. Someone mm-hmm. who is slightly older than me. and We have no kind of familiar connection. Mm-hmm. Like giving me stress. Like who are you? But not who are you? Not <laughs> who are you? Like yeah, we like to own a gym with my home girl, my cheer sister Morgan. Yes. Shout out <laughs> to a cheer gym. So talking to y'all mm-hmm. really got my juices flowing because this one chat is <laughs> chugga chugga chugga. <laughs> <laughs> it's doing all the work and chugga, it can't really do so much. So mm. I really appreciate talking to you know people yeah. like y'all, even Utah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> So that's why I see myself definitely. She gives me such <laughs> shit because I be pushing her. She's like, where do I see myself uh, on a boat? Duh. <laughs> no, but I really think it would be super. I like to think about things in a relational standpoint. That okay, I know maybe I'm not the most passionate about it, but I'm passionate about the outcome it provides. Yes. So, i.e., yes. my trucking business. Like I've been super. Am I super passionate about like transporting cookies? No. But what am I passionate about is providing opportunities to people who may have been, you know, felons or may have been in underprivileged areas or giving opportunities to people who want to then one day become 
trucking mm-hmm. business owners, right? Like giving that level of support, that level of entrepreneurial, like each one teach one. I think that's where I want to be in my future is because I have a more appreciation for being a blessing or a vessel for others. Mm-hmm. That's something I'm realizing as I get older. It's the money is great. I make great money. You always find money. And that's something else yeah, too. People money for everyone money. Everywhere. Literally you always find money. And at the end of the day, I rather do something that more so is about my impact yeah. rather yeah, than definitely. just about my dollar amount every time. Income. So, gotta be like that. Okay, you guys. Well, this was so fun. We love girl power episodes. (laughs) Like I was trying to grab these hair. Look at her nails; they're cute, though. I love them. Mm -hmm. Okay, so. Thank you all again for tuning yes. in. Make sure, OP, where can they follow you? Oh, yeah, where can we find yes, you? you can find me everywhere at Precious C. Price. Just everywhere is mm-hmm. Precious C. Price. You can just Google Precious Price. All of my stuff will pop up. YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, mm-hmm. um, Clubhouse. Nice. Invite me to a room. I haven't been on there lately. <laughs> I wonder how they're doing over in the Clubhouse. Yeah. And then, of course, if you are wanting to learn more about Airbnb, um, short-term rentals, and really just making money overall, you can follow Airbnb Money on Instagram, mm-hmm. and that is where I drop pretty much all of the information. All the gems. All the gems. Airbnb Money, Precious Price. Precious C price? Precious C price, precious or price. Precious they price. They if, if you look up, I, I, I took precious price too, I believe. I took precious price underscore. Okay. So if you look oh, at it, God. it's going to take you to my main page. So okay. We love it. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so yes. much, Pushing P. We had so much fun today. All right. Okay. Until next time, you all. Bye. You are now tuned into the Milk and Honey Podcast. All the money in the world couldn't even amount to a teaspoon of honey when it melt your mouth.